You're listening to Paranormal Portal on Revolver Podcasts. everybody and welcome to the paranormal portal podcast hello i hope you guys are doing great out there uh thank you all for joining us hope everything is wonderful in your world a special thank you to all of you who are spreading the word about the paranormal portal podcast it really means the world to us and we've been meeting lots of new listeners all the time and you guys are really key to the growth that we've experienced and thank you so much to those of you who have spread the word and thank you to those of you who will spread the word uh, of course, the Paranormal Portal is a place for everybody to share their experiences. So if you have an, uh, some paranormal experiences you'd like to share, please feel free to get a hold of me via email at paranormalportalradio at gmail.com. Again, paranormalportalradio at gmail.com. Just get a hold of me and we'll get it dialed in and get you on the show as well. Uh, we got a phenomenal show on the way for you guys today. Uh, we are going to be interviewing uh, John from Australia, who's had a, a, some incredible Yowie experiences, which if you're not familiar with it, the Yowie is the Australian version of Bigfoot. And uh, he's, he's just seen a lot, so it's going to be a great time. Buckle up, uh, get ready, because uh, we're going in. Hey, John, welcome to the show, man. Hey, mate, thanks for having me. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. appreciate you making the time, and, and uh, we finally got our schedules lined up, so that was great. But uh, it's, it's yeah. really exciting. Of course, you know, um, most people don't seem to – well, I can't say most people. There's many people that don't realize how widespread the Bigfoot phenomena is, and by Bigfoot, I'm, you know, air quotes or whatever, but it really is a global phenomenon. Of course, over in, over in Oz, you guys call them the Yowies, but um, it's really fantastic to get an opportunity to talk to you and to hear what you've experienced. So thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, no worries, mate. It's my pleasure. All right. So I guess the, you know, the easiest place to start is where did this all start for you? I would have started when I was about, yeah, 15 or 16, back in 2006. Mm-hmm. Went down, one night went down to me grandma's, no, me nan and pop's new farm and mm-hmm. it was just a holiday farm. So no one went there. You go there and for a week and then you wouldn't go for six months. So there wasn't too many people down there, and mm-hmm. yeah, so we got there about eleven o'clock at night, and my dad wanted to go down and have a look at the dam that they'd put in. Oh, cool! Yeah, so and we went for a started walking down and sort of shone the torch around a bit and seeing a big set of eyes running at us, and <laughs> it turned out to be my uncle had bought a bought a horse and not told anyone and. So that sort of freaked us out a bit, and yeah, yeah. So we kept walking after that, and 
got probably halfway there and my mum said, could you smell smell fire? And we all sort of stopped and went, yeah, we can we can smell fire. That's a bit odd. Mm. And um, the, the thing was it was no moon, so it was that dark. If there was a fire anywhere, you would have seen it. Like sure. you have a big bushfire in Australia, like you can see it from kilometres away, like just glowing on the mountains or even from behind the mountain and that. So, mm. mm-hmm. yeah, so we – we kept walking and we got probably oh, probably 100 metres from where you cross a little creek to get to the dam and mum said, can you hear fire? And we sort of stopped and you could hear the roar of a fire. Like oh. it was real weird and we're like the same thing, like so so dark at night and stuff. Like if you, there was a fire, you'd see it from miles away. And wow. I thought that's a bit weird. It sort of just stopped and then said to us, oh, maybe there's – Maybe there's someone squatting down there or something, like down at the dam there might be someone camping or something. And Yeah, so we got down near the – we kept walking. We got probably 50 metres from the little creek mm-hmm. and we heard a big big smash in one of the willow trees and it sounded like it was getting torn in half. Oh, jeez. Anyway, it just stopped us and then you heard this noise, something getting thrown through the air like – big log or that you throw a stick through the air and you know what the noise sounds like and oh sure it flying over us and hit the fence probably 50 meters behind us oh, it smashed into the fence and over the fence into the bush and it just hell all hell broke loose something sounded like yeah something took off running and stuff and we all took off running we all freaked and bolted and mm-hmm. funny thing is mum mum's a double black belt in karate so we sort of Stuck around her, thinking, "Oh, she'll be able to help us." And absolutely, yes. Yeah, so we we ran back to the house, and just before we got to the house, pops a practical joker and stuff. And as we were getting back to the house, it was all dark, and he sort of jumped out and tried to scare us. And <laughs> he had done what had just happened, and then a mum and that all went off with him. And but yeah, so we got back and told him, and got in the car and went down with a spotlight and had a look, and there was nothing around. Where the willow tree was, a part of the it's it was sort of like it would it grew up sort of into a right angle, uh-huh. the trunk of the tree, and a part of it was sort of cracked and broken, and all the grass underneath was sort of flattened down like something had been laying there. And wow, but yeah, that was all that happened. And then yeah, a couple of days later, we went up fishing. We jumped the fence of the property and followed a little creek up and we are fishing there and we are there and you could hear this big smashing through the bush and we went, oh, hang on, what's going on here? And um, all of a sudden little kangaroo jumped out and we all laughed and went, oh, that's funny. <laughs> like, oh, it's just a kangaroo. Sure. And then probably five minutes later we heard, heard it again but it would have been ten times heavier. And we went, oh, it's that kangaroo, and we looked up, and the kangaroo was looking at us, and it took off up the paddock. So we we did the same thing. We took off. We like, if whatever it was scared the kangaroo out of there, we weren't hanging around. So, Oh, man. But yeah, that was, that was the first thing that ever happened to me. And after that happened, we got back to the got back to the house, and Dad said, oh, we should get on the internet and have a look about yowies. There might have been a yowie because he'd always heard stuff of, as a kid and stuff and mm-hmm. about yowies and yahoos and all that sort of stuff. And what is yeah, a yahoo? We looked it up and, Sorry, I don't mean, don't mean to interrupt you, but what is a yahoo? Oh, it's just, I think it's just another name or a, oh. another type of yahoo in Australia. So, okay. I think it's more the Aboriginal name okay. for them. So, gotcha. We've, we've got some Aboriginal ancestors and stuff. So he's sort of, heard about it like that and mm-hmm. yeah so we got on there and had a look and i think it was within 100 kilometers or something there'd been heaps of sightings at a place and like they called wee jasper if you get on the internet you can have a look mm-hmm. on the um australian yowie website they've actually got an interactive um, map where you can go to an area and look up all the sightings and stuff and it's really good. Like you get on there, it's sort of you don't feel as crazy. Then you have a look in in an area you've been to, and something's happened, and there's ten or fifteen sightings. You sort of put it together and go, oh, maybe it's real, and not yeah, not losing your mind. Like 
we looked, we had a look on this. It was before that map back then, but he got on there and had a look, and yeah, there was heaps of sightings from the same area. And but since then, my uncles lived at the farm, and then Papa lived at the farm, and there's always been people there. So nothing's ever happened down there again since. So whatever it was, moved on, and oh. we don't go walking around at night down there without a gun now. So right, wow. Now the interesting thing, uh, if you don't mind me asking a, a question or two, what do you what do you have you thought about the whole fire thing? Because that really sticks out to me, and and just uh, on the forefront of that, I have yeah. heard very very rarely, but the claim comes up that they know how to do fire. Um, have you thought yeah. about that? And what are your what is your reflections on that? No, well, my dad was actually the one that said like. People talk about smells. Mm -hmm. They let off a certain scent and stuff. And some people say rubbish. Some people say like an electrical fire sort of smell. And there's a lot of lot of witnesses and that say that they smell fire in Australia. Okay. So whether that that's what that was and the roar of the fire, maybe it was the roar of it. It was roaring at us from a distance, and it sounded like it because there was definitely no fire around. There was no Someone flicked the lighter down there, you would have seen it wow. from a okay. kilometre away. It's all flat and stuff, like, and there was nothing. Nothing happened. Okay. Now, I hadn't heard about that that scent that people claim it smells like fire, but that's very interesting. Okay. Yeah. That, that puts that in, in perspective quite a bit. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Huh. So that was, yeah, that was the first thing, and I'd never even thought of heard of them or anything, even Bigfoot back then, so... It sort of a, was a bit of a worry, and yeah, yeah, nothing else happened for years and years. Like we've seen a few weird lights in the sky and that since, but mm-hmm. out hunting and stuff like that, but nothing to do with yowies and that. And right until about oh, probably probably twelve months, just over twelve months ago. This month, I had my next encounter and. It was probably the scariest one. Oh wow! What happened? Oh, uh, me, my little son was just born, and mm. I, me, I'd had a time off with work, and I said to my partner, like, "You care if I go out fishing early in the mornings, and I'll get back early and give you a hand?" And she said, "Yeah, as long as you're back eight, nine o'clock." So mm. I was heading out fishing early. Some mornings I'd be on the water by four o'clock in my kayak, and wow. yeah, one morning. Uh, Pulled up to a spot and it's probably five minutes from where I live and five minutes from a town that's probably got thirty thousand people that live in it and in the area I was in, there's houses within probably five hundred meters and that's what was the scariest part. And at the time there was all these fires going on in Australia. You would have seen them all on the news, all the big fires. And yeah, yeah. one of the main big fires was probably twenty kilometers from where we live, the Green Wattle Fire. Oh, geez. And it's all the National Park and Water Board, and it got to where I was there. It probably got to within five kilometres of it. Anyway, so I was going out in a mask every morning and that because it was that smoky, and, yeah, I jumped, jumped in the water and started setting all my rods up, and so I was sitting right on the edge there, and I started rolling a smoke. Mm-hmm. And as I was rolling it, I sort of licked it and started rolling it over. Something, oh, I working with racehorses and that like it was the weight of a horse like mm. come smashing out of the bush that i'd just walked in to get into the water like directly at me charged me to the edge of edge of the bank and i freaked and looked up with my headlamp and there was nothing there oh jeez! and and yeah and it was it was bloody it was worrying and i sort of sort of thought what do i do now like i've just come through that bush to get in the water, I can't get out and run for the car because whatever it is could be still there. And right. uh, I paddled around for probably 20 minutes and in the same area looking, I got my big spotlight torch out and had me GoPro rolling and everything and stood up in the kayak, looked onto the bank where it was. There was nothing laying down, nothing there. And the thing that got me was um, I never heard anything run off. Wow. And I was like, how does that work? Like something that big run through the bush to make that much noise, it would have made a little bit of noise getting out of there, even if it snuck out of there. Like, Wow. Yeah. So, 
That's intense. It was, yeah, there was a there was a few weird things like like that. Like it was there was nothing there, and it was this while it was all happening, and even after there was this real weird noise that I've looked I looked for ages on the internet for stuff that looks like it, and mm-hmm. it's sort of all I can do is sort of make the noise, and that sounds like it. And it was sort of like if you don't don't think I'm weird, I but I'll do the noise no, now please. and. Absolutely. It sort of, it was like, it was sort of like a, like that sort of noise. And the only thing I found on the internet was there was a bloke on YouTube doing the predator noise oh. and it sounded exactly like he was doing it. Oh. The whole time that was going on, it was that loud, but it was weird because it was really loud, but it wasn't mm-hmm. like it sort of confused me. It was like, it's so loud, but it's not like, and I still can't explain that now and, yeah, it was, it was really weird. That's got to be so intimidating. And, and you know, I, I, I be the first to, to say, I've never experienced the, the feeling that, that feeling of having something that sounds enormous charging, charging at me. But I can tell you yeah. that I, it sounds absolutely horrifying. Like it would, it yeah. would make you just freeze. Uh, you know, I, I can't yeah. imagine that. Yeah, and like me, I told me dad about it. I tell me dad all this stuff, and he's sort of the only one in the family that doesn't roll an eye or anything like that. And mm-hmm. the first thing he said was, "The gorillas in the mountains do that. They'll do a bluff charge. They smash through the bush to try and scare someone off." Like, right? I said, "We don't have gorillas over here." So yeah, it's in that like, and that's um. That, yeah, that's without that weird noise. And the thing was that it scared me, but I still paddled over and had a look at the edge and that. Mm-hmm. And the other weird thing was the whole time I was trying to yell. I thought if I yelled and made a noise, it would scare whatever it is out of the bush and I might be able to see it. Right. And I physically could not yell. Oh. And some people say it might have been because I was scared. And I said, well, it can't be because I was scared because I paddled right over there. I pulled my GoPro out. I turned the lights on. Like someone's that's scared runs away. Right. Yeah. You for don't some reason, it. when that noise was going, I could not physically make a noise. Wow. And that's when I started. My dad sort of looked up and started talking about infrasound and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Said something was stopping you from making a noise. Wow. Because there's farms around and stuff like that. Like, if I was to yell, people might have heard and come looking or... Sure. Yeah, it's real hard to explain that one. That is. um, You know, I'm sure that, uh, you know, you certainly would have been very adrenalized at that point. But the fact that you rode over there, you're right. That's not the reaction of fear. Um, Yeah. But, you know, I haven't... I've heard, of course, uh, of infrasound and, and the effects that people claim... But, uh, yeah, I guess that's probably the only thing you got left after you start looking at what it could be. And, of course, uh, yeah, the, the claims are out there about these things using infrasound to incapacitate people. And maybe that's what that sound you heard was, you know? Yeah, that's, that's all I can sort of put it down to. Like, well, we don't have predators running around like the old movies and stuff. Like, right. yeah, for, for that. And, yeah, it was really weird. That it's is still confusing me now. Like, I've been back to that spot probably once during the day with my brother-in-law mm-hmm. and I went go- and we sort of fished for a bit and got carried away and on the way back we're sort of paddling along and you could hear something big following us in the bush <laughs> and every time you every time you'd paddle you could hear it and then you'd stop and shine the torch up and there was nothing wow. and it was that I would have struggled walking through it let alone something the weight of what it was walking through the bush like and we got up a bit further and we heard another noise and seen a set of eyes and we hit the big torch on and there would have been 20, 30 deer all huddled in like a ball. It was really weird. Mm. And they weren't looking at us. They were looking across the other side of the river at whatever was walking along. Wow. And all of a sudden the deer took off and that, and after the deer took off and ran off through the bush, we didn't hear that walking again. And we're like, well, we're within five metres of the deer. Why didn't they look at us? Right. Like whatever it was over the other side of the river was more of a threat to them than what we were. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that's the only other time I've been there, and that was nearly twelve months to the day Man. that I was there. The last one. 
So, yeah, it's, it's scary. Like, it's within five kilometres of houses and probably mm-hmm. closer, like, proper, like, estates and stuff like that. Like, there's houses out there within 500 metres, but right. old farms and stuff like that. But, mm-hmm. yeah, you go five kilometres and there's 10,000 houses built. Like, it's not far from, from people. That's true. Wow. Um, you said you saw eye shine. Was it from the deer or from the owie? Yeah. That was the that was from the deer. Like that's okay. what made us shine the torch. We're like, oh, what's that? And okay. Yeah, the deer and yeah, they all. Yeah, it was, it was pretty crazy. But when yeah. it happened twelve months ago, the only thing I could think of was where the fires were, like where the waterboard and all that is. That's that bush there. It's old bush, like. You can't go up there. It's all waterboard. It's a national park. You're not actually allowed in there. There's massive fines. Oh, okay. Anything could be down there. Like there's thousands of kilometres of bush line and bush area and that that is, yeah, untouchable. Oh. And there could have been anything in there and whatever that was that day. I'm thinking it was the fires because it got within five kilometres of us. Could have pushed whatever it was out to us. It was getting out of the way of the fire. Wow. And, yeah, and that might have been why it brought, like it come running out at me mm-hmm. when I'd rolled a smoke. Like I was just about to light the smoke. I can't remember if I'd flicked the lighter or not, but it could have. I could have flicked the lighter and it seen fire and right. run at me. So they don't do that. Like, Oh, that's a good point. I've sort of, a lot of people on on the website I've sort of said stuff like that and other people have said maybe it was still standing there but it was a paranormal sort of yowie and I don't know like a lot of people have different opinions on them and oh sure that's interesting though because that would make sense that's a that's some pretty brilliant insight there that's a, perhaps a lighter flick which is like ah uh, you know if and, and you think about things like that like how displaced they must be following all those fires and they're you know, yeah. probably pushed into areas where they wouldn't normally be, but they don't really have the choice yeah. anymore, you know? Wow. Yeah. And it was a big fire, like, Oh, thousands of acres, hundred thousand hectares burnt. So wow, over, I think it was at that time, I think it ended up, there was 340,000, uh, 340, yeah, 340,000 hectares or something end up burning eventually just from that fire. So, Wow. It's a lot of area to sort of get out of. Like, it'd yeah. be interesting to see if anyone else sort of saw, saw or heard or anything around that same time. Okay, everybody, I think it's time we got to take a break. So don't go away, and we'll be right back with more of the Paranormal Portal podcast in just a couple minutes. Hey guys, Brent Thomas here of the Paranormal Portal Podcast. We just wanted to take a moment to introduce you to the Paranormal Portal store. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, leggings, stickers, mugs, you name it, you might find it over there. So head on over to teespring.com slash stores slash paranormal dash portal and you too can help fund the Paranormal Portal Podcast. Thank you so much for all that you do and thank you for being a part of our Paranormal Portal family. everybody and we're back and we're back at it here on the paranormal portal podcast buckle up we're going in now are, are those areas recovering or starting to recover following those fires i mean it's really pretty recently but um yeah no you go there now and you other than the black trunks of the trees and that you mm-hmm. couldn't tell wow. everything's back being green and oh good okay that's what australia is it's been like that for Hundreds of thousands of years. Sure. Bushfires are just part of our 
our land, like a lot of our plants and trees won't, the seeds won't crack unless there's been a fire that's burned them. Oh. So like our, our ecosystem sort of depends on fire. So okay. yeah, a that- lot of people whine about it, but the more you move into the bush and live in the bush, the more chance you've got a fire and stuff happens. Like sure. our country needs fires to survive really. Like if we, Never had a fire again. All our forests and bush would die, and we'd be in trouble then. So, yeah, I, so I, they would. I think you're right because I think our natural reaction is to you know extinguish it, put it out, put it out. But uh, you know, yeah. this is kind of this is kind of related in that regard. In that, I was watching it was a documentary years and years and years ago, but it had to do with the Serengeti in Africa, I believe, or some similar yeah. place in Africa. And there's this this crew of of official representatives that would go on patrol for fires and they noticed that one of the the old tribes in there as they would bring their herds through they would bring a torch with them and light up the serengeti and then they'd rush in and and put it out and but they couldn't they couldn't catch it all the time and uh what they noticed was yeah that the fire does sweep right through that grasses in a hurry but what they found is like a day or two later all this pristine green had grown up, and it really does replenish the land. And the, yeah. these old tribes knew that, that that was part of the cycle, and they were helping to encourage that for all of the wildlife, not just their herds. Yeah. yeah. And there's a lot of talk that Aboriginals used it, use fire and use fire to hunt and to, like oh. you said, regenerate the area like they knew when a place was getting too thick and had to be burnt, they could do it. And then other times they'd do it. If they wanted a big hunt, they'd start a fire and then all the animals would come running out. Yeah. And yeah, like if they did it back in the day, like it's obvious that we needed it. It's not like they just did it for a bit of fun or. Right. They asked. There's people around now, like they knew that the land needed it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's, and if it's been going on for hundreds of thousands of years and depend on how long this thing's been around, like it would know areas that could go to get away from the fire and Right. I thinking I was sort of in the wrong to- wrong place at the wrong time. I was in one of those areas, like That's pretty that's yeah. that's true too, because I think that I, I do believe that as time progresses and as we expand into the world around us, because we just have a tendency to keep pushing our boundaries out and, of course, pushing other boundaries out as well, um, that I think there are certain species, and, and, and I, th- I think it, it relies a lot on the intelligence of the species, but I think there are those species that, that really do find a way to live very close to us. And, and I think that the Bigfoot, Yowie, Sasquatch are, are one of those species that, you know, there's only so far they can be pushed. And perhaps they've realized that they can survive pretty much undetected all, right around yeah. us and, and probably create a pretty easy lifestyle just because of our wasteful nature. You know, they can go through our, yeah. our rubbish and stuff like that and, and things that we toss yeah. that, that are unpalatable to us. It would be like a, a yeah. buffet, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, and you think if me and you lived out in the bush for a year, we could work out a way to go undetected. Oh, yeah. Like, you'd get your, your skills would be that good in the wild. You could learn to eat and survive and everything without anyone knowing you were there. Like, yeah. if these things have been around for hundreds of thousands of years, it could explain some of their abilities and the way they can run and, yeah, the noises they can make and mm-hmm. it's evolution. We've evolved and so could they. They could have got skills that we haven't evolved because we're not out in the bush anymore. We're not sort of doing that. Like, right? We've evolved in a different way to what they have, if that's the case. But sure, yeah, I think you're was, absolutely right. And and you know, most people don't notice much of anything anyway because. You know, they're they're tuned into their their cell phones or the their little you know tunnel vision of of our world. It you know forces our attention to be so refined and defined that you know we don't have the awareness that we probably used to have. At least most people don't. Yeah. Some people do, yeah. but but I think it's just a it's a reflection of our society. But you're right. Uh, you yeah. know, I think people don't see a, a lot of what's around them when uh, you know it may be painfully obvious to others that are more accustomed to 
looking at the big picture around them. Yeah, exactly. No, that's that's about right. Like, yeah, I know. Like, just going fishing and going in the bush and stuff. Like, you get your. They talk about the sixth sense, mm. and you can tell when something's watching you or there's something around. And I know just from going fishing just down the river. Like, it's not like I'm going a hundred thousand kilometers into the bush to go for a fish. Like, I'm putting right. in at my local boat ramp and stuff. And mm-hmm. you can, I could be paddling along. And totally fine. It can be the day or the night, and mm. you just get that feeling something's looking at you, something's watching. And sure enough, if you stop and look around, it might be a kangaroo or something. Like you'll find it eventually. Yeah. But sometimes when you do it and you look around, there's nothing there, and that's when you sort of go, "Hey, what's <laughs> going on here?" Like, yeah, it's not an adrenaline thing or anything like that. It's actually it could be from behind, and you go, "How the hell did I know that was there?" Like, right. People that don't go in the bush and don't have those experiences they don't understand like they sort of go oh yeah whatever like Mm -hmm. but just yeah oh that's really really true very true very good insights too brother you know i i appreciate what you're saying and i have thought a lot about that and i think you're i think you're right on it that's you know they they are very good at living in their world we're not so good at it but when we do open up our minds and our our senses I think we, we get a lot more information than we think we do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and when you're, when you're talking about that, some of them might have learnt to live with us and mm-hmm. take advantage and stuff. Like, I remember me, me old great-grandmother, she was telling me a story. She lived right out in the bush. I think it's about 25, 30-minute drive to her place, and you get to the last town, and then it's probably another five minutes in the bush to get to where she lived. Oh. And there's probably... 20 houses in a row and then it's in this area where all the fires were Mm. it's right up near mines and stuff like that and she was coming home one night and um she's come around there's a big sweep and turn and then you hit where the houses are so it goes from 110 down to 50 you slow right down and she said there was a bin on the side of the road and she automatically saw there was a big pig going through the bin big Mm. feral pig because we get real big pigs like boars over here and okay as she got closer to it, it stood up, and she said it was the biggest thing she'd ever seen, and it ran across the road into the bush. It was gone. Wow. And she got home and rattled, and oh, this is when she was probably in her 60s, 70s. Mm-hmm. She got home all worried, and about 10 minutes later, she heard a car roar into the driveway, and two people come running out and run inside. It was a, it was one of the sons and a friend. Uh-huh. And, yeah, they've come in all rattled and said, oh, have you got anything to drink? And she said, oh, I'll make you a cup of tea. And he said, no, like any alcohol, like I need a drink. And she said, what's up? And she said, and he said, yeah, like I was driving, come around the bend, come into town, there's a bin on the side of the road and there's a big pig going through. And as we got to it, it stood up. He reckons it was about seven foot, seven and a half foot tall, wow. big black hairy man, he said, ran off into the scrub. <laughs> and then that scared them and for them both to have it happen to them within 10 minutes or so. Yeah. Like whatever it was got scared, run away and then come back. Like Right. But, you know. That it wasn't being a person or anything like that. And this was back, oh, probably the 80s and stuff like that. So it's not like people would have been wearing suits and trying to bluff people <laughs> and stuff like that. Like Yeah. I'm I'm absolutely yeah. blown away by that because it's the, there's an intelligence to it, right? Like if it was just an animal, yeah. an animal will get skittered and scared, and they'll run off to somewhere else. I mean, they'll they'll go for quite a distance and not return, you know. But yeah. this this whatever this was, and uh, you know, I assume it's a probably a yowie, but it was smart enough to go. Well, I'll just run off. They'll do their thing, and then I can go back to what I was doing. Like that's an intelligence, you know. To me, that's a more intelligent yeah. decision. Yeah, exactly. And to be back then, like, you'd know, like, she was probably, her and her son were probably the only ones that come into town at that time of the night, mm. any day of the week. Like, oh. there would have been, back then there was probably 20 people that lived in the lived in the area. Mm-hmm. So, they'd know, like, oh, we can come out at night, no one's going to yeah. see us, no one's going to be around and sort of bluffed them, like, because where it is on a big sweeping corner, when you first come into the corner, you're nearly in line with where it was. 
Mm-hmm. So they've done a big sweep, sort of nearly like a U-turn. Okay. So whatever it was, mightn't have heard or even seen the lights until it was they were right on it. Wow. Yeah. So Very. You wild. hear a lot of stuff. You hear a lot of stuff like that with people seeing them on the road and mm-hmm. that. It's sort of they come around a corner and bam, there it is, and it jumps off into the bush, and they're not sort of seeing them for. 10 kilometres or anything like that. It's just sort of when they come around the corner, holy crap, what was that? like? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What an opportunistic, uh, you know, thing to do though. And, and like I said, I yeah. think, I think we're extraordinarily wasteful. So what, what we throw away is probably perfectly good food for them for a lot longer because they, you know, it's like a dog that'll eat, you know, something that's been dead for weeks. And, uh, whereas yeah. if we did, we'd be puking for a month, you know? So yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's incredible. So you said you had three, and I think we've covered two of them. So, what was your final yeah. experience? Uh, that was uh, it was recently. Okay, I was out fishing. Yeah, I, there's been a couple of things at this area I sort of heard and noticed and stuff, but mm-hmm. nothing that I thought that I sort of went, "Oh, hang on a minute, what's that?" And so I go fishing and. Heard a couple of noises and stuff like that and didn't even think of it. And I went to go to this area that I hadn't been before. Mm-hmm. I thought, oh, yeah, I'll go there. And halfway there, I sort of stopped and went, oh, no, I'll, I'll go try this spot because I've never heard of anyone fishing there. And it was a bit weird from the beginning, like changed my mind, head back the direction, a whole different direction. And as I was driving in there, I had me Spotify going, playing music, and I can't remember the song. I'll have to go through my playlist. But as I was driving in the gate, it sort of went to a song that was along the lines of, oh, you know, this is a bad idea. And I sort of went, hang on. <laughs> like, that's a bit weird. It had just changed to that song. Like, right. Not by itself, but that was the first song to come on as I was going in there. And I thought, what's going on here? And I got there and it was a real pain to get down to the water with the kayak. It was 70 metres from where I was parked, but it was down a hill. It took me oh, 25 minutes to get in the water. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of stuffing around to get in there. And once I got in there, it was that shallow. I had to basically drag myself for 50 metres in the river till I could got, got to a deeper spot. And, yeah, mm-hmm. got there fishing. Like, I know that no one's been there in a while. Like, I had five casts with a lure and five fish, like, and I was having two and three fish hitting at the same time. Like, it was like they'd never seen lures before. Oh, cool. And, yeah, and I thought, yeah, how good's this? And <laughs> sort of paddling along and I got probably, oh, probably about a kilometre away from where I put in and hooked up on to another fish. And as I was winding it in, I heard something massive. Like, it would have been a lot heavier than the one previously it had run at me smash through the bush and it was smashing like tree you could hear it just smashing trees branches everything out of the way running at me and it just stopped just out of sight and it was sort of on a turn on the river and it just started roaring and i've recorded it but in person it sort of it sounded like when it would roar it sounded like a lion that real deep lion noise that they let out and and then it would, it was roaring, and then it would like breathe in. But when it breathed in, it would go oh. And then when it breathed in, it sort of sounded like like a grizzly when they do that sort of bit of a growl noise. And it was weird, and whatever it was, like that breath in just proved like how big its lung capacity was to be making that sort of noise breathing in. And I could have had it round the other way. It could have that could have been. The breathing in could have been the raw noise, and then the other noise was it breathing in. But yeah, nah, it, I'd never heard anything like that in my life. Wow! And it, I, I probably could have paddled a little bit further and sort of had a look. But as soon as it started roaring, something just told me like I just had some say, "Get out of here, or you, you'll die." Not get out of here. Don't want you here. It was get out, or you're going to die. Yeah, and I just. All I could do was I just wound the fish in and the whole time you could just hear it roaring and roaring and it went probably two minutes. It just kept doing it and any animal, a dog and that, it needs to take a breath. It wasn't a dog. 
wasn't a per- how loud it was. There's no I've never heard any person that could make a noise like that. Yeah, but when it first started to roar, all the birds in the area went berserk. All the cockatoos and that screamed and were flying around. And the whole time in the recording, you can basically only hear the cockatoos over the roaring and it sort of yeah. And I got the fish off, chucked it in the water, and just sort of turned around and paddled off like nothing had happened. So I just tried <laughs> to get out of there and yeah. whatever it was, it just told me get out of there or you're going to die. Wow. And and when I went to take, I went to take off and the same sort of thing. I said, I mean, so just settle down and just paddle off like I'd never heard anything. And once I got probably 50 metres up the river, I just stopped. There's no noise. And where it was, there's no, like, other than going down the river, there's nowhere anyone could get into the bush to get to that area. Um, it backs onto an army barracks, so... People wouldn't have come from the other way and and no one's going to go sneaking around the bush around an army barracks. Like, right. Wow. The signs up in areas don't trespass, you'll be prosecuted, stuff like that. And Sure. Yeah, no, but I've never heard anything like it and it was probably the most scared I've ever been in my life. Like, oh, God. Being in the water and not knowing, oh, do I get out and run or do I just paddle? Like, the river's not real big there. Like, I reckon I could have ran, if it was a clearing, I could have ran and jumped probably halfway across the river. Like, so whatever it was, could have easily got to where I was. Okay, everybody, I think it's time we got to take a break. So don't go away, and we'll be right back with more of the Paranormal Portal podcast in just a couple minutes. everybody and we're back and we're back at it here on the paranormal portal podcast buckle up we're going in i i've cursed i've heard people have, have called into this the live show that we do and there's one lady that talks about she was in uh, i think it was downtown in like new orleans or, or something the southern town in the u.s and it's yeah. a big metropolis area, but there was a forest in the middle of it uh, alongside of a, a stream or river that came through. And she had a sighting. Yeah. She had a sighting right there. And you wouldn't think of that. Yeah. But, you know, again, I just think that they have no trouble traversing, uh, you know, waterways and, and along forested edges with no problem and staying invisible. So, God, that's so intense. Yeah, yeah, all around Sydney, from every direction, it's all forest in. Like, sure, there you go. All the towns, they've got bush, they've got rivers, systems, and it's not just sort of, oh, we'll go for a walk in the park. Like, it's thick bush. Like, oh. even now, after all the fires, these areas, if a fire started up there, you'd never stop it. Oh, and this okay. is within a two minute drive of a town. And hmm. I think it's probably what, uh, about half hour drive from Sydney. That's wow. our biggest city. In, Australia, like, mm. it's not far. Yeah. Do you think a lot of that is due to the di- displacement from the fires, though? That yeah, maybe, but it's when a- you look, like I said, like on the Australian Yowie website, they've got an interactive map. If you go on there, every time anything happens, I get on that and have a look. Sure. And where it was, it's probably 10 sightings within five kilometers of where this has happened. And sure. It's good because it makes you, like, when it happened, I never seen anything. And the first thing is, oh, you're just making things up in your head. People going, oh, you're out in the bush by yourself. You sort of heard a noise and, oh, you're over-exaggerated. Right. But when it, how it was, how it sounded, and then you get on there and you have a look and there's been sightings from the 70s, the 80s, the 90s mm-hmm. before, it sort of it helps you. You don't feel so crazy then. Like, <laughs> yeah. I think you're losing your mind and stuff because if it's People have been seeing sightings in the 70s, 80s, 90s. There's got to be something there. Like, Right. Yeah. A lot of people want about people making up and making up stuff and lying and that. And sure. at the end of the day, if 99% of sightings and evidence and that is fake, it's still 1% that's true. Right. Yep. Yeah, I, I that agree. With that 1% is a lot, really, considering what we don't know about. Yeah. 
bush. Like, we could still go into spots Dean Harrison's talked about, the Blue Mountains. There's areas up there that they still don't think white people have been to. Wow. And we've been here for that long. Sure. And, like, there's areas there you go in there, you'd find an animal or a lizard or a snake or something that's never been it's never been seen before. Yeah. And this is all within an hour or so of Sydney, like, Mm-hmm. Imagine two hours or three hours from Sydney, some of the bushland up there. Like, right? It's crazy to think what could be there and could have been there the whole time, and just no one's seen it, no one's run into it. And the more our houses, the population grows, and we start to spread more through the bush, the more people are going to see it and hear it. Yeah, I think, and have right. other encounters with other stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, the other things that are. Um, have you ever found, like, uh, you you mentioned that, that willow that you'd bumped into when you yeah. were a kid, but, uh, like, tree breaks, or are you finding footprints ever or seeing things? Um, did you go ever and check out those areas where it did b- blow through the brush? Um, were you able to witness any of that uh, firsthand, or did you just kind of go, nope, okay, I'm done? No, well, the first one, when I, the first, um, thing yeah we went down and had a look for torches and all we seen was the tree was broken and mm-hmm. the grass was all flattened but that was nothing nothing else like okay and when i got charged that time i paddled around for 20 minutes or so in the dark waiting for the sun to come up and wow. i probably two hours later i got out and come back through that bush that something had come running out and charged me and Jeez. there was nothing there there wasn't a twig broken there wasn't any footprints the grass wasn't even squashed down and Hmm. I know whatever it was, it ran within 30 centimetres of the water. Like, wow. And it, that's within two or three metres of where I was because I was right on the edge there. And mm-hmm. you think there would have been some sort of mark or sign or something, like a scratch mark in the dirt, like nothing. And the bush was thick there. Like yeah. it would have been tall vines and stuff like that. Like, And that sort of makes you think. And for that day – the big the roar I heard and I recorded, I um, I got I got a couple of photos on the way out. Of just I heard some noises and some walking in the bush and took a couple of photos and mm-hmm. couldn't see anything. And once I get home and sort of was telling my telling my girlfriend and me dad and all that, and I had a look at the photos and zoomed in, just spread it open, got it open in my phone and zoomed in, and you can see a face. Yeah, and I and it looks like a dog and. My partner, she said that she reckons it looks like a black bear. Wow. And just the way it sort of standing in the bush and my auntie and that have said it looks like a monkey. Like, mm-hmm. And I laugh and I said, we don't have those three animals, like the the dog, like a wolf sort of thing I've seen. Mm-hmm. I've never seen anything like that in Australia. There's no bears. There's no monkeys. We've got kangaroos and koalas. Right. And there's hawks of panthers and stuff like that. Like I've seen one years ago, but it was more of like a tan colour, so more to like a cougar sort of colour and okay. that. But we can talk about that later if you want. But True. yeah, what yeah. my photo there's nothing in Australia that could look like that. There's nothing in the really in the world what I think looks like that. Right. Yeah. Like Well I saw the pictures in that and I gotta tell you that Whatever you got a picture of there, and I can't identify it, obviously, but it's not—it's not just a bush. It's not just a, you know, just a, a natural anomaly. It really sticks out. It's like, wow, you got something. Yeah. So I, you know, I have no doubts yeah. uh, as to the veracity of what you're saying, and the the authenticity and and, and real experiences that you went through. That's got to have been terrifying. Yeah, hmm. yeah, and that's why I wanted to come on. Like, if I hadn't got the photos, I probably wouldn't have said anything. To anyone, like, yeah, yeah, you can definitely you can see an ear, you can see like a brow line sort of thing, and what looks like a snout. And mm-hmm. yeah, I laughed at my girlfriend. I said, "Anything I've ever seen that looks like that is like a like a werewolf sort of thing on one of the underworld movies." Yeah, it's, that's what it looks like to me. And she laughed and she said, "No way, it looks like a bear." I said, "We're in Australia, we don't have bears, yeah. so either way, we're both could be wrong." but it's still nothing that's over here. Like yeah. you hear talks of dog man and stuff like that. And like I said, what I heard was a roar. It sounded like a lion 
and mm. it, like a bear. And we don't have lions or bears in Australia, like. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I you guess, can't explain it. You know, dogmen's not a bad idea, though. You know, I mean, that's. I, I have heard of other claims uh, that people have seen dogmen in Australia. They yeah. seem to be just as nearly as prolific as the Bigfoot as far as being a worldwide phenomenon. So, you know, that's not beyond yeah. reason. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And what I'm worried about is the area, like, same thing. It's it backs onto a army barracks area. There's all state forests, which. Mm. It'd be the same as over there, but our national parks are more strict and stuff. The state forests, they just have a gate, and every seven every morning at seven o'clock, the council come and open the gate, and you can go in, and mm. you got to be out by five o'clock. And this area, the gate was open, and this was at six o'clock in the morning, and this has happened. I've heard the roar, and then got a couple of photos, and it sort of makes you think, why are they locking the gates at night, and why are they not? open them till seven o'clock and i've had this experience before seven o'clock and it's sort of like yeah like wow is there something going on there you sort of think is that why they're not letting us in and till certain times you're not allowed to camp there you're not allowed to stay there overnight like that's a good point between the state forest and the army barracks if you go through all the sightings in australia oh 80 percent of probably located in a national park state forest or Wow. towards uh, army barracks. That sort of thing makes you think, are they putting these state forests and all that in that area because they know? Mm-hmm. Or is these animals, I think they're animals anyway, moving into this area because they know they won't be disturbed and mm-hmm. they can they can hide. Like, it's sort of... That's a great Once thought. stuff happens, sort of... Yeah, once stuff happens, you sort of... Makes your head go a bit wild thinking of why and when and yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, there's so many questions, of course. Anytime you have these kind of experiences, your mind is full. I, I've had several different yeah. experiences, and that's that's just the thing. It's afterwards, what was that? What does that mean? What could that be? Where did it come from? I, I, you know, and, and you, you, you feel this compulsion to try to find some kind yeah. of logic to hang on to because – in the moment, you're just in this weird limbo that everything yeah. feels like it's upside down. So, yeah, I mean, I understand completely. Um, we're at about 51 minutes, but if you want to take a, a few minutes and tell us about the panther slash big cat sighting. Yeah. Um, no, I was just heading up to my friend's place. He lived in the same town my great-grandma lived in. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I was just driving up heading through the bush and come round. I went round a big sweep and left and to another sweep and right. As I've come round, like, the third corner, another sweep and left. Mm-hmm. It's the only thing I can think of was a panther because of the way it moved, like a cougar, the way it moved, it it basically jumped out of the bush, would have landed on the double white lines of the road and bounced off into the bush on the other side. Like, wow. I, the way it just, it just went bang, bang, into the bush, gone. I was like, there was a dog that would have ran. It wouldn't have leapt like that. And right. the roads over in Australia, like yeah, even the little town roads are a bit small, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't have been able to do that. Like, and, sure. yeah, and the way it moved, you could see a tail, long tail and stuff. And I told my mates and they all laughed. And <laughs> what was wondering, we used to go get on the drink and go for a walk through the bush up there and, it was a bit of fun. You'd have a few drinks and go for a walk and not have a torch on you or anything like that. And mm-hmm. after that, I've never done that again. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and again, I'm not overly familiar with the fauna, the natural fauna in Australia, but there's no big cats, but are there uh, like a medium-sized cat? Like a, like in the U.S., we have bobcat and lynx and these other, they're bigger than domestic cats, but they're not quite the size of a of a mountain lion. They would be like... Maybe a mid-sized dog size. Is there cats like that over there? No, we don't. We don't have any cats. The only cats that are in the wild are feral, like domestic cats that turn feral and stuff. Oh, like okay. And there's been the talk in that over the years where it is as coal mines and stuff, and mm-hmm. all for years and years people used to talk about seeing big cats, and some people say. When America come out to Australia when World War Two was on, they had mascots of cats and 
someone in another place area had an alligator and stuff like that and people have said oh maybe they released the cats into the area when the war was over and they went home and oh. it still needs to be a breeding population for it to still be around now like right whether that we've actually got a native big cat that's been undiscovered yet like mm-hmm. there's all talk there's been documentaries on you find on the internet on big cats in Australia and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. it's it's seen more, I reckon, than the Yowie and Bigfoot. Oh, okay. it's a big cat, huh? But yeah, the big thing we've got in the bush that runs around would be a fox, and they're not that big, right? Yeah, I'm I'm sure they're probably on scale with our American foxes, which are you know just yeah. a, like a small sized dog over here. But yeah. that's um, do you think it's possible that and I don't know, but in in England and the UK, of course, there's claims of the big cats over there. And, and some people suggest that it could be because uh, people used to own exotic pets and then they outlawed yeah. them. And, and so these, these exotic pet owners, because they didn't want to get in trouble, they just kind of went out to wild places and said, you're free. And uh, therefore, yeah. that could very well have introduced that. Is that a, pot- a potential or a possibility in Australia as well? I mean, do do people, are there legends of such people owning pets like that and possibly releasing? Yeah, well, that's like like I said with the army, when they said America come sure. over there, mascots, the panthers, like mountain lions mm-hmm. is what you guys And yeah. that, like, and big black panthers, they could have let them out instead of bringing them back to America and okay. stuff like that. And yeah. In the, oh, then 20 kilometers, there used to be an old, like an African lion safari sort of thing. People could drive in there, it's a big area and, you can go and see the big cats and stuff like that. Like, who, who's to say they didn't have a couple of panthers or mountain lions escape? Right. And the land around there is it backs on the same thing into this area where all the fires were. Who's oh. to say they went stuff this? We're not letting the police know. We're not letting anyone know because we're <laughs> going to get in trouble. Right. Yeah. Look. And it's since been shut down and stuff like that. Like, mm. who's to say the same thing? They said, oh, we just we put them all down and right. they didn't, they might've just released them and stuff like that. But wow. it seems to be all over Australia too. It's not just my area. Like okay, from Queensland to Western Australia, every state, hmm. the same as Yowie's, every state in Australia has had Yowie sightings, big cat sightings. And yeah, like I said, if 99% of the people are lying, there's still that 1% yeah. that are telling the truth. And that's, that's enough to sort of worry. And you go, Hey, Right, there's something going on we haven't been told about. Like, yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, there's also the consideration that you know, Australia is huge; it's a really big yeah. country, and uh, there's and it's pretty lightly populated by you know by comparison with most of the rest of the world. So I think there's probably lots of stuff going on in your country that nobody's ever figured out. Maybe the Aboriginals have, you know, they but they have a lot of legends and stories that most people don't give any credibility to, but they, there could be a lot of things out there going on in Australia that nobody really realizes. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of paintings and Aboriginal paintings in caves and stuff where they've got paintings of big black cats. And oh, see, yeah. They spoke about, I've spoke to people about that they reckon that there's always been the black panther sort of animal that the Aboriginals couldn't train them, so they hunted them. Because they were dangerous, they could train. We've got we used to have well, dingoes not down here, but the top of top of Australia, there's dingoes and Fraser Island. Everyone know about the dingoes, mm-hmm. with the, and that um they could train the dingoes, they use them for hunting and have pets and stuff like that. But they couldn't train the black cats, so they used to hunt them. Oh. They were dangerous. They hurt people and they eat people and stuff like. Sure. And you think 170,000 years ago, or however long they've been around, like. All our, everyone in the world's evolved. Their minds have grown, and mm-hmm. seventy thousand years ago, they couldn't have made up a story about a big black cat attacking right. people, or yeah, and a yeah Yahoo, like they going, oh, they're just stories to scare people. Like some of it's got to be true. Like mm-hmm. laugh about the nursery rhymes and stuff like that. Like some of them have got to be based around real things and oh, sure. back then we weren't smart we couldn't make up all this sort of stuff 
Yeah. Like we couldn't make a light bulb back then, so how could we make up a story about an animal that didn't exist? Like, yeah, well, you know, maybe it was possible. I don't know. I mean, because I think creativity is not new to this generation or this era. That people have always been no. creative, but you know, it just seems that why would they throw in this this weird um, mythology on top of the other recordings of their histories that they did, where they were very very much based on the world that they saw around them. So yeah, I think that that's a, a compelling point. But yeah, brother. I, yeah. Oh, go ahead. How could they have drawn a picture of a black cat or a yowie right. without seeing one? Yeah. They didn't have TV or internet back then. Like you can't make up animals in your mind that you've never, like you make up a think about of a monster and that you could think oh, a bit of a lion or a bit of a bear or something. You could sort of come up with it, but mm-hmm. they had kangaroos and Foxes and stuff, or not fox, not even foxes back then. Kangaroo, deer, uh, dingo, and mm-hmm. stuff like they didn't have big. Apparently, there was no black cats back then, so how they know what it looked like and right. to be so? Yeah, like that's really how to draw it so well and mm-hmm. without actually seeing one. Yeah, that would be a hell of a coincidence if they just managed to make up a, a an animal that exists many other places in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, brother, it's been a it's been a fantastic journey, and thank you again for doing this and being a part of the show. Um, I, I just am really thrilled that we've had this chance to talk and to hear your stories. So, thank you so much for making this happen. No worries, mate. Well, thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's okay. been good. Yeah, it has been. And and please, if if you recall any other stories or if anything else pops up, please let me know. We can always have you back, and and we'll hear more of what you got going on over there. Yeah, no worries. All right, I've got a couple of little photos and stuff, but sure, nothing like a nothing like I sent you, like a mm-hmm. couple of tree structures and stuff like that. But yeah, this stuff sure. is uh, the stuff I've told you about and shown you is absolutely the more important stuff. And I just I, the main reason I did it was these areas they're so close to towns, and that if something happens to someone, they go missing or something like. I might be able to help someone. I might be able to go to the police or something and say, hey, this is what I got. Right. Not, oh, just take it. Oh, the bloke or the woman or the kids, oh, they must have drowned in the river or look for the body in the river. Like, right. That's the feeling I get. Someone's going to go missing soon. And hmm. I hope. Getting too close to the population. So I sort of want to sort of get it out there and well, that's hopefully be able to help. It might be the difference with someone getting found or not found. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, absolutely. People aren't. And there's a there's yeah. a quite a history of of those kind of interactions between human beings and these other creatures that uh, you know the Native Americans in the U.S. always you know had issues or it seemed many times had issues with people getting stolen and taken and a lot of times it was women and children. So, yeah, you're right. There's yeah. definitely a historical precedent for that kind of thing. So if they're there, that's always a risk, but. Yeah, man, it's been epic, and I really appreciate your time. And uh, please, uh, you know, get on, get in touch with me if you got more to share. Yeah, no worries, mate. All right, brother. Thanks, Thank you. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us here on tonight's show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Please feel free to follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Radio. As well as finding us on Twitter, we're on Twitter at Paranormal Portal, P-O-R-T-L. And uh, we'd love to have you stop by our YouTube page and subscribe and check out our shows there. we got hundreds of shows in our, uh, our, our vault of <laughs> journeys into the Paranormal Portal. So I hope you'll check it, uh, check it out, guys. We're over there at YouTube.com slash Paranormal Portal. So hope to see you guys soon. Uh, we'll be back, of course, for more podcasts in the coming days. So... Uh, stay tuned, but we love you all. Be good, be kind, be nice. Take care of each other. Help each other out. Find the magic in every day and remember to laugh as much as you can. Take care, everybody. <laughs>